0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are listening to the fourth episode of It's Not Fine, a real podcast that might make you uncomfortable. It's so awesome to be here with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for bearing with me um, while I change the days that I release the podcast. I just discovered that my weekends are a little too busy, and life is just really crazy right now. So, I Moved to my release date to Wednesday, so an episode will be coming out every other Wednesday now instead of every other Monday. Um, There are gonna be some missed episodes here in January, just so you guys know. I am getting married in January, so I'm not really sure what my schedule is going to be for recording, but I will let you guys know as soon as I decide. It really just depends on the level of stress that comes from the wedding and the planning. And I am going to be on a cruise for my honeymoon, so I'll be out of the country without internet, so that will keep me from posting. Anyway, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I hope you guys enjoy what I'm going to be doing. Uh, Recently, I've been reading a book called The Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren. She's a priest in the Anglican Church. This book is all about finding Jesus in the little things like brushing your teeth and eating leftovers. It's a really beautiful story of finding holy things and the ordinary things that we do every single day. I've really been inspired to um, just dig into what I've done to get to where I am in my relationship with Jesus and to continue cultivating those things. So today I'm going to be talking about this book and how I've gotten to where I am right now. It's been a process. I haven't just cultivated my relationship with Jesus overnight. It's taken years and years and years to have the relationship with him that I do. So without further ado, here is episode four, It's Been a Process. So, my dad grew up Lutheran, and my mom grew up going to Church of the Vineyard. So, they came from two very different backgrounds. So, you know, the Lutheran Church is um, kind of an offset of the Catholic Church, very traditional, lots of ritual involved, um, that type of thing. And then my mom grew up at Church of the Vineyard, and that's kind of characterized by some charismatic worship, Holy Spirit activate situation. Um, I love both. <clears throat> since I've grown up from those two different perspectives, I've come to really appreciate both ends of the spectrum, you know, from that very oh traditional stiff routine of the Lutheran Church to the very you know spirit led service at the Vineyard Church. But my parents did get married at a Lutheran church, and that's where they started going. They decided they were going to be Lutheran. So my family went to my dad's church that he grew up in until we moved to Phoenix. Um, While we were living in Phoenix, we continued to go to the Lutheran church. And while I don't remember much of it, I do have good memories of going to church with my parents and going to church with my grandparents when we would go back and visit Kansas City. and then we moved from Phoenix back to Kansas City when I was around 6 or 7, and I think that's when we decided that we were going to start looking for a different church. So, my family looked around for the looked around through the neighborhood that we were in for a little while and we ended up at a Southern Baptist Church. And that is where I spent the majority of my youth going to church. So, like from third grade to high school, that's where I went to church, and that's obviously very different from the Lutheran church. There is um, just some things that I've seen that were different, so the church that I went to was a mega church, and I haven't really seen any Lutheran churches that have, that are mega churches, as far as I know. Um, We don't do, like, communion isn't as big of a ritual as it is in the Lutheran church. Uh, we sang contemporary songs instead of hymns, just things like that. And I know that it varies across the board depending on what church you go to, but that's just kind of what I experienced. So I enjoyed that while I was in high school. And uh, <clears throat> same in college, and I experienced like some different things in college with charismatic worship that I really enjoyed, but lately I've found myself really leaning into traditionalism. It's just with everything going on in the world, with it changing and just like turning every single day, I just want something that's solid, Um, and I found that partially in traditionalism and um, obviously always in the Word. Um, So thankful that Jesus never changes no matter what's going on. But I've kind of found myself thinking back to my childhood, thinking about what it was like to be in the Lutheran Church, and I came across this book uh, called Liturgy of the Ordinary, and that kind of caught my attention, because you don't really hear the word liturgy in everyday Christian culture. Um, it's not something that comes up a lot, so I got really interested in this book. And I've um, I read through the book, I really, really love it, and I thought I should I should talk about this during my podcast. And really, what I wanted, what I want to focus on is it's been a process to get to where I am in my relationship with Jesus. I know that, like, we put our best selves out in the world at work, on podcasts, on social media, and it's really easy to think, like, oh, that person has it so together. Their relationship with Jesus is so perfect. Like, why... Why is my relationship with him not like that? Why is it not so easy? Why do I struggle? Why can't I read my Bible? Like all these different questions, all these different comparisons. And really, I've struggled with all that. And sometimes I still do. Sometimes I still have a really hard time picking up my Bible in the morning. (coughs) It has been a process. So I kind of want to walk you guys through some some different points and different things that I've done to get to this point in my life, and just some other things that are some tips and tricks that I kind of learned from the book. So, I'd say that in middle school, like, I went to church. I, I don't really ever remember reading my Bible in middle school, if I'm being real with you guys. I remember, you know, I love Jesus, but It wasn't like I love you because I know you it was like I love you because you saved me and I'm going to heaven when I got into high school um, I went to student camp several different times so I remember that always being a like a jumping point like a starting point for me to kind of get into the word and get my relationship with Jesus together and that would always last like you know a couple weeks Cause that spiritual high would wear off and then I would go back to living my everyday life and I'd get distracted with boys and friends and work and activities and blah 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 all these things that I could fill my day with and I it was just never I never valued picking up my Bible it was just something I would do for every couple of weeks during the summer because that's when I felt really close to Jesus but when I didn't feel close to Jesus I just didn't. And, you know, like that just kind of continued and it depended on what guy I was dating. If he wasn't particularly into going to church or reading the Bible, then I would just not. Um, And please don't do what I do because that's horrible. Um, Just a pro tip, whoever you're dating is not in charge of your spiritual development. Um, You should be equally yoked. But you are responsible for your own relationship with Jesus. Uh, That's something that Nathan and I have worked through, where we each have to put in our own effort into our relationship with Jesus separately and together. So just a tip for me. uh, So when I was in high school, I just, you know, I would count on my partner for that. And when I wasn't getting that, I just wouldn't do it. So, I really was just swayed by the waves of this world just doing whatever I thought would feel good, would, um, you know, would be the best for me, would make me happy. And obviously, we know that's really selfish, and I was so selfish. It is so crazy to think about how much I've changed over the past five years, six years even. So, you know, that's kind of where I was coming from in high school. So I went to college and it was just <laughs> it is so crazy because I did not want to I did not want to go to college um, <clears throat> where I went at Tabor you guys know I've said this multiple times didn't want to go God told me to go and I was like fortunately I was smart enough to listen to him because there I ended up <clears throat> and my first semester was really tough I was like dating this guy on and off and eventually decided to break up with him over the second semester and that is where my relationship with Jesus like really kicked off I'd say that is where I really became a true follower of Jesus and that was crazy like I grew up in the church thinking like hey I love Jesus everything is fine but I didn't do anything that was really following him I was just kind of chilling I was very, very lukewarm. I was very cold, honestly, guys. So in college, I, like, popped off. I started prayer journaling. I started reading my Bible every day. I told Jesus that I loved him, and I actually meant it, and I loved him because he'd done, he had done so much for me and that he loves me and he cares for me and he has a plan for me. It wasn't just, like, you know... Yay, Jesus, thanks for saving me. I'll talk to you sometime. I don't know when, but it became like a constant part of my life. And, you know, that has, that was my starting point. And that's kind of where I started to build my habits. And we're just going to talk about that really quick. I've had to really discipline myself into having a routine with Jesus. So obviously it's my goal Really, first thing in the morning, to be reading my Bible and to be praying. And that's really difficult, because there are a lot of things that can distract you first thing in the morning. So, in the Liturgy of the Ordinary in chapter 2, it's called Making the Bed. And Tish says, like digital caffeine, it would prod my foggy brain into coherence and activity. Before getting out of bed, I'd check my email, scroll through the news, glance at Facebook or Twitter. My day was imprinted by technology. And like a mountain lion cub attached to her humans, I'd look for all good things to come from a glowing screen. So right here, Tish is talking about the first thing that caught her attention in the morning, and that is her phone. And I don't know about you guys, but I struggle so hard With picking up my phone in the morning. It's like the first thing that I do. It's because my alarm is on it. And then it's so easy to just get on Facebook. To get on TikTok. To check my email. To reply to emails. To text my fiance. Blah, 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 blah. All these things. And that's what I'm feeding myself first thing in the morning. And when I read this in the book. I was like, oh crap. I totally do that. I need to stop doing that. It's because we... We train ourselves to pick up our phone at any point of the day and instead of going to Jesus to talk to our best friend first thing in the morning, we go to our, to our phone, something that's not going to fulfill us. So something that I really try to do is keep my phone on my bed while I'm making my coffee, making my bed, getting ready to do my Bible study, and the only thing that I open on my phone is the Bible app so I can see what I'm going to be reading that day and it's hard that is something that i really struggle with sometimes i pick it up in the middle while i'm reading or pick it up before i pray or journal and then before you know it i've wasted like 20 minutes when i could have read more when i could have spent more time in meaningful prayer so that's something that i really have to work through and that is a daily struggle for me but it's been really important for me to have daily time with jesus um you know it really doesn't matter when you have that time it could be in the morning it could be during lunch it could be right before you go to bed it's really just whatever is best for you whenever you're going to be least distracted when you're going to be alert and you're going to be ready to meet with the spirit and i've just found that first thing in the morning that's what i need to be doing at night i get too tired and then i just forget about it and i'm like i'm not going to i'm not going to do it now so I have to do mine first thing in the morning, but it's really whatever works best for you. It's just important, as a disciple of Jesus, to be trained in those areas of spiritual discipline. And our pastor talks about it all the time, that we need to be in the Word if we really want to know Jesus, and that's just been something that's been really important to me over the past couple of years. I'm about to finish reading the Bible for the second time all the way through, and I've just... Loved rereading things and getting to know more things, and I wouldn't have that unless I had put those spiritual disciplines into place. So, the next thing that can really help you in your relationship with Jesus and getting to a better place is finding Him in the everyday. So, it is really hard to lean into our faith when exciting things aren't happening. Earlier, I talked a little bit about like, in high school, when I went to student camp, when I went to church camp, how it was so fun to, like, have a week of dynamic worship, and to just, you know, have cry night, like, on the last night, where the pastor would, like, say, if you die today, or if Jesus comes back right now, would you go to heaven? Which, by the way, I don't agree with this anymore because of the societal pressure, but, like, you know when you're in the moment you're like wow this is so great i love jesus so much and that does not carry over those spiritual highs while they can be awesome and while you can really learn so much about jesus they don't last so when you get back to your everyday life it's difficult to find jesus in the everyday it's difficult to find him when you're washing your dishes or when you lose your car keys like Tish talks about in chapter four. She says, my theology was too big to touch a typical day in my life. I developed the habit of ignoring God in the midst of the daily grind. Writer Rod Dreyer says, everydayness is my problem. I relate to this so hard. It's really, it's really easy to just get up and read my Bible and pray, and that's all that I do in relation to my time with Jesus. I don't Sometimes I don't think about the purpose he has for my life. Sometimes I don't do the little things that he asked me to obey in. And really, the everyday is where Jesus asks us to live. It's where he asks us to lean into him, where he asks us to obey us, or to obey him. Uh, You know, we can't look for constant highs. We can't chase that, because... That does not make up the substance of our faith. It's the everyday that does. So in chapter 5, Eating Leftovers, Tish says, In the same way, I am either formed by the practices of the church into a worshiper who can receive all of life as a gift, or I am formed inevitably as a mere consumer, even a consumer of spirituality. So when we constantly seek those church camp highs, those conference highs, there's no way that we can really lean into the everyday purpose that Jesus has for us. There's no way that we can find him in those everyday things if we're just wanting to be on a mountain all the time. You know, we are going to have mountains, but we're going to have valleys, and we really find that Jesus is just as close to us in the valleys as he is in, like, on the mountaintop. So we have to lean into the everyday things. We have to lean into being nice to our spouses, being patient and kind with our coworkers and our friends and talking to the mechanic about where he goes to church and if his family if his family needs a place to have christmas dinner just doing those little things that um mean so much more than we think that they do. <clears throat> so kind of along with that with finding Jesus in the everyday we need to know and we need to practice it when it gets boring we need to dig our heels in and keep going it's so easy like when you're not experiencing like a lot of revelation from the Holy Spirit when you're just kind of reading your Bible to do it and just praying like just to get it over with it's important that you don't stop I've faced that many times I'm just like I'm so bored like I'm doing this because it's my habit and I know that I need to but I feel like I'm not getting anything out of it but we need to keep going in chapter five, Tish says, How should we respond when we find the word perplexing or dry or boring or unappealing? We keep eating. We receive nourishment. We keep listening and learning and taking our daily bread. We can't stop just because we're bored. Although that would usually be my first choice because I don't I don't wanna like be bored. Like if if my faith's not giving me anything, then why should I give it any of my time or energy? And unfortunately, that's the wrong attitude, and I've had the wrong attitude many, 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 many times. And you guys get the point here. I did that all throughout high school, middle school, and even sometimes in college. There would be times where I'd go weeks without reading my Bible after I'd built that habit. Months, probably. It was just easy. Like, well, I'm bored. I'm not really getting anything, so I don't need it. It's so easy to walk away. But, Tish says in chapter 7, checking email, I want to do the big work of the kingdom, but I have to learn to live it out in the small tasks before me. Missio O'Day in the daily grind. So, God has a purpose in the mundane. God has a purpose in the small tasks that we do. And that's really where we build the kingdom. It's not just in mission trips. It's not just in evangelizing on the street it's in the little things sending a kind email even and the last thing that you can do and that I've done to continually build my relationship with Jesus is to seek your kingdom purpose so Tish says in chapter six fighting with my husband He won't let us settle into our world of kids and mortgages and family joys and squabbles and forget that our family is part of a larger movement, the kingdom coming, the work of God to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives. So the great thing about God is that even when we get caught up in those things, even when we get bored, even when we decide that we don't need him anymore, he has a way of showing us that we do. Whether that's through a joy or a tragedy, there's always something that points you back to him, and I am so, so thankful that he is so merciful to do that, that he doesn't just leave us whenever we make a wrong turn. Um, there's a verse, I could not tell you the reference right now, it's in Psalms, that talks about the Lord never leaving us and how he'll counsel us with his loving eye on us and that's just brought me so much peace and comfort Uh, there was a time in college where I was worried about the decisions I was making like what if I date this person what if I do this internship like is God going to leave me because I make the wrong choice because it's not his purpose for me and I found that verse and he's not going to leave us He's going to always consistently point us back to him and back to our purpose. So Tish says, again in chapter 7, our task is not to somehow inject God into our work, but to join God in the work he's already doing in and through our vocational lives. So even in the mundane, God is working. And it is our job to bring God with us, not to just... um, like somehow match up our work with our kingdom purpose but it is our job to match up uh, with God and the work that he's already doing and there's just so much beauty in joining with him and what he's already doing and being able to lean in and see that Thank you so much for joining me for the fourth episode of It's Not Fine. It's been a process. I hope that you guys have learned a little bit about me, a little bit about this book, and I hope that you do decide to read it. Once again, it's called The Liturgy of the Ordinary, and it's by Tish Harrison Warren. It's a great book, and I'm really learning a lot from it. Um, Let me know what you guys think about this episode. I have been reading a couple more books that I think I'd like to do this with. Um, I found a lot of beauty in this story about the ordinary things that we do, so I'd love to do this with some other books. If it's okay with you guys, I'm going to close this out in a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time that I've gotten to spend with you and with the people listening, and I just ask that you would touch them, that you would remind them that you have a purpose for their lives and that you want a relationship with them thank you so much for loving us for constantly drawing us back to you and back to your mercy and grace i just ask that you would strengthen all of us in our relationship with you that we would seek you first that we would seek your kingdom and that we would seek to do what you ask us to do that we would obey you and love you and continue to strengthen our relationship with you we love you lord amen love you guys I'll see you in two weeks.